Hey you. Yeah, you. The one trying to make a video game. I've got someone here that can help you, and that someone is Intel, which is not a someone, it's a company. But this company, they are going to help you as if they were a somebody and a someone and also a something. Check out software.intel.com gamedev to find out how Intel is making sure all the innovation in gaming continues to happen on the PC as part of the Intel Game Dev program. Again, that URL is software.intel.com slash gamedev. Sign up and start something new. the internet you're busy let's do this welcome to the games beat decides podcast i've got a steering wheel right here can't see it i'm gonna show people yeah why are you aiming the camera at your crotch well that's because that's you know really that's my ulterior motive this entire time the whole reason we've done 70 episodes of this podcast just so i could show my crotch on the internet have we um yeah 70 Number 70 is this one. You missed 69 last week, Michael. Very disappointed in you. <laughs> I should have come yeah. back to the games, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is the Game Speak Decides podcast. It's the podcast where we decide everything about the world of games so you don't have to think for yourself. I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb, and with me is... Mike Minotti, reviews editor at GameSpeed. I'm throwing my title in there now. What do you think about oh, that? Oh, shit. I don't know. Oh, I don't know if I can fancy. handle that. Fancy. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm your uh, filthy boy, we've decided, because I'm showing my crotch on the internet. Um... <laughs> Don't use that term again. <laughs> filthy boy or crotch? Well, you can, you can say that you're my filthy boy specifically is what <laughs> alarmed me. <laughs> I'm your filthy boy, Jeffrey Grubb. All right. In today's episode, uh, besides the filth, we're going to go over some news, some games, and we're going to try to decide uh, like the best game of January. And I think we might do this throughout the year. We'll see how it goes. It was a good January, right? It was a good January. Bizarrely yeah. good. Yeah, there's going to be months where I think this is harder than others, and we might just be like, yeah, it doesn't matter. We were still just playing whatever, Monster Hunter. Um, okay, yeah, but I, th- I think we can uh, kind of hop right into it. Um, do you want to maybe talk? Well, you know what? Actually, I always forget to do this. Uh, get more from me and Mike at GameSpeed.com. If you have something, share it with us. Email the podcast, games plus podcast at VentureBeat.com, plus sign in there, uh, or at GameSpeed or at GB Decides. If you're watching this on Facebook or YouTube or Mixer or Twitch, there's an audio version. You can get that by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. Um, I use Podcast Attic on Android. There's more uh, everywhere. Finally, if you like the show, rate us on Apple Podcasts. That really helps the show, you know, raise its profile. So, yeah, um, you just got back from vacation, Mike. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, uh, w- were you playing anything while you were gone? Uh, you know, the only thing I really played was uh, Celeste on the, on the Switch. I was trying not to play too many games. Like, I didn't even bring my – I used to always bring my 3DS to the parks because, you know, waiting in line trying to do something. But I even do that because, you know, you have fast pass and stuff. So – and, you know, I was with my family, so I thought I would talk to them sometimes. So I, I didn't really play anything in the parks, but when I was at bed at night, I would play a little Celeste, which was, it's a very easy game to kind of pick up, play through a bit of it and put it back down. And uh, I've been really enjoying that one. I'm sure you've been talking about it and you've been playing it, right? Yeah, I, I like that game a whole, whole bunch. Um, I've I've beaten the core game and now I'm sort of going back and getting everything because I, I, I don't want to stop playing. It's yeah. good. Yeah, I kind of like the my philosophy is if I see one of those uh, strawberries, I'll get it. But I'm not like necessarily sure. like super hunting right. for them. 
because I know you can go back and, and do all that stuff. But man, that game is just, yeah, it's really, I mean, the platforming is just super solid. It's fun. It's interesting. Uh, it's kind of like Super Meat Boy, but like just having that bit more of a framework and having like mm-hmm. something to it besides just complete irreverent, like, oh, you know, it's it's it's, it's, it's a funny thing. Not that, you know, th- that word for Super Meat Boy. It totally I like that, did, yeah. I like that there is there, this little thing there. And, you know, it's interesting because a lot of it is framed around um, anxiety and panic attacks, which is something I right. suffered from pretty badly at and one point in my life. they do a good job with it, really. Yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, so, yeah, I've been enjoying that aspect of it. I think I'm like, I just, uh, I, I don't want to get spoilers, but I just fell down a lot and I'm in that level now. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of making my way uh, through it and collecting B-sides and the big hearts. What are the big hearts to do? Uh, I think if I you have all one. the big I think if you get all the big hearts or maybe enough of them, you unlock a the like the eighth world, which is mm. something else. That's what I'm trying to do right now. So. That's cool. I'm, I'm also trying to get the strawberries at the same time. I, I think I probably should just go back and get the hearts and just worry about that for now. Uh, but we'll see. Um, yeah, I, it's just the, the really solid. They keep it interesting the whole time if with just the platforming. Yeah, I and like then, how like like it's not like introducing new moves. It's just like the level design itself is what is kind of growing and becoming more elaborate. Yeah, exactly, and it, you know, kind of maintains that the entire time, and I've uh, I've really dug that. Um, I, I, the other one that I've been playing, I guess it's kind of similar. It's uh, Dondara, also on PC and Switch, uh, another indie two D game, uh, side scrolling. But this one's definitely much more of a Metroidvania, and you could tell that they built it for mobile first, with um, where you are kind of you never run and you never jump you are just aiming with like a a, a semi-circle to decide where you're going to shoot off under the wall oh, kind of like interesting DD. enough kind of uh yeah it works i mean you, once you start like getting the hang of it you could really just bounce all over the level and go anywhere it's it's um it's very kinetic and fast-paced uh wh- wh- when i really enjoy it though is in the combat because you have to be very deliberate um it does remind i mean i've been playing monster hunter and it reminds me of that where instead of like animation priority it's you have to be thinking about the fact that you can only move so much at any one time, um, and you have to charge up your shot before you can really use it. Uh, you can't just like jump there and just start spamming the shoot button. You have to jump and then have to give yourself a second to charge up your gun and then come in and, and, and attack with that. So it's a lot of bouncing around, dodging stuff, getting your footing, taking a shot, moving again, sticking and moving. Um, and it's very thoughtful, and I really appreciate that. And then the Metroidvania parts of it have been really catching on with me. I've really been digging it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of Metroidvanias coming up uh, to the Switch pretty soon here. I think uh, Owlboy is next week, and I've been waiting for that one to come to Switch for a while. And then Hollow Knight and Dead Cells are not too far off, so the system is really going to become flush with those pretty soon. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and it, yeah, it still just is. It's still still uh, working. It's still the place where I want to play all these games. So yeah, I'm really digging that. Um, How about you? What else have you been up to? So when I was on my trip... Uh, you've heard about this kind of Star Wars VR experience that is at uh, Disney World and Disneyland. I, I think it's in a yeah, few I other have. places too. It's yeah, called, sure. Yeah, it's called Secrets of the Empire. It's really interesting. It's like what they do is they basically have like a facility where they set up this, these series of rooms and you wear a backpack that's the computer and you wear a headset. And it's four people go through this at once. So it's me, my two brothers, and my, and my dad. And they just make it so that these rooms and like, elements all correlate to what you see in the VR. So if like in the star Wars world, there's like a chair, you can actually sit down in a chair in that room. If there's a droid, there will be a little statue of a droid. That's really neat. 
it's really cool. Like sometimes this stuff, you know, kind of makes me sick or disorients me. But having so much like real world stuff there was cool. And they had I don't they had sensors everywhere too. So I don't even know where the sensors were. But if you lifted up your hand, your 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 hand would show up as a stormtrooper hand and stuff. So it it was really cool experience. Um, you know, they kind of guide you along. Uh, at one point, there's a weapon rack, and you pick up the guns. Like I literally was like picking up the guns and like handing the people. But it's so cool. Cause, it's like you see the gun in VR. You reach out. Yeah, there's a gun here. Take this gun. Um, and it's, it's, it's like almost non-linear at certain points. Like, uh, like my dad just couldn't help himself. I had to shoot the gun as soon as he got it. So like it alerted the stormtroopers immediately. And the, the droid was like, Oh, you know, good job. You, you know. <laughs> right. But it's so, like, at one point you go in this little like skiff, like this little floating platform that's going across like a lava gap. And like, we're like all huddled on this thing. Careful not to be by the edge. Even though like, obviously, you know, you're right. not going to fall off anything. <laughs> No, there's a bunch of hidden Mickeys down there if you fall. Yeah, so. yeah. Oh, hidden Mickeys. But yeah, it was really cool. It's You know, I always kind of thought that the best application for AR and VR was going to be theme park stuff. Because I, I, I'm not somebody who really sees myself buying a VR headset and, like, using right. it enough to justify it. But, like, as, like, a special experience like this in a place that, like, a facility that's really built around it. Reminds me of um that 1E3 when Microsoft had, like, that insane HoloLens uh, Halo experience before their, the Halo 5 preview. And that was like the coolest thing I did at that show. And it really had nothing to do with Halo. But yeah, I, I still think that like right, Disney and Universal, yeah, getting a hold of this stuff is when it kind of becomes the. And this was a really good showcase of just how interesting it, it could be. Because it was one of the coolest things I, I did on that trip, if, if not the coolest. Uh, really. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right about that. I mean, I, I, there's going to be an application, I think, for like AR slash VR on a personal scale in, in a few years. But I think. Until then, and really even beyond that, uh, like on a huge scale, being able to use that technology to do very interesting things, theme parks are maybe always going to have an advantage. Right. And theme parks have, I mean, Disney used to have Disney Quest. It opened in like 98. It just closed uh, like last year, I think, which had some very early VR attractions, like the flying carpet with Aladdin and this thing called Ride the Comics, where you were, you were given a lightsaber, basically. And like it was really cutting edge and cool at the time. This is, you know, way before the the resurgence of VR. So uh, it's, it's, yeah. this is kind of like the, the seeing like what a theme park can do with it right now. The, the only other thing I see theme parks doing with it is like, there's a lot of roller coasters where they just have you wear VR headsets. So like you're going through like a, a different kind of roller coaster, I guess, uh, which, which isn't quite as interesting as like getting to walk around literally your own place and have this interactive experience with your like friends and family. And you're kind of all laughing about it and poking each other. Right. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Being able to do that simultaneously with other people. That's, uh, yeah, that's something that I think the, the current form of personal VR is just is missing. Like you could go share virtual spaces, but being able to do it as like a cooperative experience in person <laughs> still is going to have some extra magic to it for sure. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's funny. I can just see my brother, just a story, but I literally just poke him like, ha ha. It's mm-hmm. funny. Right. Totally. I mean, yeah, it's just great. We're running around, we're shooting things. We're like, all right, open. At one point, you basically had to like do a Simon Says thing on a control panel to open the door. And like, when a one person's trying to do it, you're like, ah, oh, and they mess up, you get mad at them. And, like, someone else is running to the next room to shoot a stormtrooper. It's just, it's, yeah, it's neat. It's, it's unique, right? There's, not, there's nothing quite, it's like a bunch of things, like a theme park ride or a video game or this, but it's not quite any of those. So, yeah, if, if you go to, uh, Disney World or Disneyland, I really think it's something you should do. You kind of have to book your appointment for it at a time, but it, it was super fun. Okay. Um, so I've also been spending some time with uh, the Super NT. Um, this is the new 
Super Nintendo throwback console from Analog. Um, I really like it. It's very cool. Do you have any questions about it, Mike? Yeah. So I have my original Super Nintendo plugged into like you know an order TV, and I have an SNES Classic on my you know HDTV. Do I need a Super NT? So it depends. Do you ever feel like? You want to either get rid of your CRT or you want to see what those games look like in 1080p without lag. Like when you're playing your Super Nintendo Classic, do you ever think like, oh, I can notice some latency here? Not really. Yeah. I didn't notice that. So, yeah, there's so there's some people that's going to matter, too. And if it doesn't, I think you you and if you already have an SNES Classic, uh, especially if you ever get in the mood to, like, start hacking that and putting more games on it. Um yeah, you're probably fine without this. This is for people who are considering, who who already have a bunch of SNES cartridges and then are considering things like Frame Meisters or these open source scan converters, which are devices that cost $300, $400, to uh, up-res a Super Nintendo for an HD screen with minimal or no lag. Uh, those are expensive. Um, this is $190, and it's just as powerful. It has zero latency. Uh, it's really well made. Um, and they're just going to keep – and it's like – the thing is they're like, oh, it's completely completely accurate. And for the most part it is. There are a few things here and there, but they've already sort of up, like updated the system, the firmware, to address those things in a matter of days. Uh, so – yeah, it seems like it's just going to keep getting better and better and better. Um, it is kind of one. I mean, I have a lot of Super Nintendo cards, and I, and I like playing on the CRT. But I think it's you know kind of nostalgic, but this does also sound cool. Does a plug in? It pro it probably is pretty easy to capture off of this thing, huh? Oh yeah, that's the like one of the best things. Like literally, you just plug it right in. Because with the like, if you had a Super Nintendo and you're like, okay, I want to capture that. Like, there's some ways to do AV cable capture, but most modern capture cards don't really support that natively. Uh, you so you'd have to go through something like a Frame Meister, and those things can be very finicky. Um, I, I, I've experienced uh, the Frame Meister, not the OSCC so much, which people swear by. They say that's a lot better, but the Frame Meister can be very like, oh, you get the settings all set up, and then one game works, and another game doesn't look quite as right, and then you have to go in these very arcane settings, and it's it's just not great. Um, and that's the really the only way you could capture it through over HDMI. This just just works. It just works, and it's. Really great. So yeah, I have um, one more question. Yeah, uh, how did you get sent this? I'm the retro gaming guy. What the hell? <laughs> they emailed me, and <laughs> they, I was like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, I'm interested uh, in this. I'll, I'm, mm, I'm very interested. And they were yeah. like, hey, Phil Fish is doing this this menu system. You want to talk? The about next time, yeah. And they're like, hey, let's somebody wants to send me some PC gaming thing. I'm not going <laughs> to forward it to you. It's not mine. <laughs> hey, it worked out. You were on vacation when this all happened. I so, was on vacation, so it worked out perfectly. Um, yeah, but I, I, I do need to maybe look at this thing. It sounds pretty awesome. I, well, I mean, it, it might not. We could probably still ask them because they're. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of. Uh, I got the Samur Famic, a uh, Super Famicom colors. Samur Famic. I know. God, it came out really wrong. <laughs> Samur Famic. Super. <laughs> how does that one even happen? Um, <laughs> Samur the the Samur Famic colors the Super Famicom colors God I can't even, I still can't even really say it um, and it's it, it's cool I've never had a Super Famicom so I'm like oh I'll go with that but then I saw like the transparent ones and uh, and it has this like LED on the front that like can either sort through colors like RGB but it also can like match the pixel the center pixel of whatever game you're playing and on the transparent consoles it like blares like really bright and on this one it's just like this small little LED light and I'm kind of like oh I wish I would have got the transparent one it looks cool. But yeah, I don't know. Um, we could talk to them. They they seem pretty cool, and 
like I said, they're going to keep updating. Yeah, yeah so. sounds um, cool. Beans. Yeah, uh, I think we could probably just hop into the news. I mean, I've been playing a few other things, but stuff I've kind of talked about in the past, I'm starting to realize. So, And there's not much new to say about it. I mean, other than this, racing wheel is still very good. Um, okay, yeah. So uh, I guess let's start here at the top. Mike, um, Bandai, Bandai Namco is working on Metroid Prime 4, according to a Eurogamer rumor. Uh, how do you feel about that? Uh, that's fine. I think, right? I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not one of the, I think it's fine. I, I don't, there are very few studios you can tell me like they're working on this game that would have a very strong opinion about anymore, right? Okay, almost every studio, every, almost every studio, they have their hits. And, you know, if you told me Naughty Dog was making Richard Prime 4, that might be interesting, right? Or Platinum was on it. I would have an idea of what to expect. But this, yeah, sure. I, I, I'll tell you one thing, right? Like, I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, I don't care because Retro Studios isn't making it. Well, yeah. What does that even mean that. anymore? Yeah. Right. It means nothing anymore. You know, it's not like if Retro Studios was making it, it's like the people who made Metroid Prime 1 are, are working on this. Right. It doesn't mean that at all. So, yeah, I, I think, I mean, I'm still not, I mean, uh, I can't think of a ton of Bandai Namco games I love. I mean, I guess maybe they did just make, well, I mean, they had Arc System Works make, uh, you know, Dragon Ball Fighters. Um, so I, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I, I, I kind of think. Oh, I, I would want Nintendo to work on this all internally, but they've had some success working with third-party publishers on games like this. I'm trying to one. I'm trying to remember like the most recent one. It's not coming to mind, but they did it, and I think it turned out fine. And, well, they there was uh, well, Bandai Namco last worked on like one of those bad GameCube Star Fox games. I mean, that was so long. Yeah, ago. Uh, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I think they worked with them on the Mario Kart games as well. They uh, did. Or, yeah. Oh no, no, you know what it was? Bandai Namco helped on Smash Brothers. Yes, the that's last right. One. Okay, so yeah, that's I mean, what it was. I mean, yes. So they're doing work for IR work for Nintendo, and it still sounds like Nintendo's in charge. So that's fine. It's probably going to be. Yeah, fine. yeah, it's going to be fine. I don't. Yeah, I mean, it's just about kind of having that that you know development power, and you know, Bandai Namco has been what most most best known for Dark Souls, right? These right. people can make a atmospheric uh, single player game, right? So yeah, they should get From to help. Yeah, for sure. Um. Okay, so moving on, Fortnite hit 3.4 million concurrent players last Sunday. The game went down. Uh, that's across like console, play, play, both PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, but still, that's that's a huge number. This game um, is popular in a way that I mean that I still kind of find surprising. Uh, but it is absolutely in the mainstream zeitgeist, almost in the same way that Pokemon Go was for a little bit. Not quite that big. Nothing probably ever will be that big. But I mean, right. it's everywhere, man. It's it is. It's it huge. Is surprisingly popular for a game that like we kind of not dismiss, but did it's much of like ah, yeah, yeah. these, these guys want to be like uh, you know player unknown battlegrounds, and it is incredible to me just like how like this thing hit as much as Paragon didn't hit, right? Basically. Yes, for sure. Uh, that's like, that's they, the game they, industry for yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. They shut down Paragon. Now they got Fortnite going just fine. Uh, and it's like it, every like one of those weird meme Twitter accounts, like ha- like every other meme they post is about Fortnite now. Uh, people on like sports podcasts talk about Fortnite all the time. It's really – it's out there. Uh, I mean, it's a, be, it's being free helps. That Fort- this isn't what Fortnite was even supposed to be. No, totally. It's, 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 like Fortnite would have been nothing. No, no one would be talking about Fortnite if it was just like what – the game they were actually working right. on for three years was supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, they just they hit at the right time uh, with the right business model. It's free and on the right systems. It's on consoles. Uh, yeah, that really. T- I mean, I see my my nephew. He's always on there playing this game every night now. So yeah, 
Um, but other games that are really, really popular at the moment, Monster Hunter World. Uh, this yeah. is the game that overtook uh, PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds on Xbox One's Game Store as the number one top paid game. Uh, already shipped six million units. Uh, it's number one digital game PlayStation Four mm-hmm. in January. Fastest selling uh, Capcom game ever. Yeah, so they've really uh, they hit it. It finally happened where this thing's finally like becoming mainstream in America and maybe in like elsewhere, right? And yes. Yeah. And it's so funny because I didn't think that much of this when they announced like, oh, they're making a console Monster Hunter. Okay. Like the people like Monster Hunter will like that. But no, it really is. I think part of it is the timing was really good. And then they also made a really good game and everybody's kind of into it right now. Yeah, they. uh, I mean, I was kind of doing the same reaction where at the time they were uh, people were saying, at least I don't know if if, uh, Capcom ever said this, but people were saying, oh, this is the one where it's Monster Hunter for the West. And I'm like, okay, well, good luck with that. People try that kind of shit all the time with games that are popular in Japan. It never works. This time, it, it really, really, really worked. Um, I, I, I think the, you also nailed it. It's a good game, and that really helped. So uh, yeah, that does help with your games. If you got a, you know, ninety or above Metacritic, that that usually can help sometimes. Right. And it, it still usually had- can help sometimes. You can quote me on that <laughs> nugget of wisdom. Put it on the box. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I, I, it's a game I'm, I'm still enjoying. I wish I had more time for it, though. Uh, it, I do wish it yeah. was still kind of just on a, a portable system, but I get why it's not. I like, see, I would have thought, like, I would have, that's the other thing. I thought, like, oh, this is the one they're going to make before the Switch one that's right. really big. Yeah, it doesn't seem but like I kinda, a Switch one now. I kind of like, yeah, it's weird. I like this as a console thing. It looks really, I didn't think that this would be one of my favorite, like, games optimized by like a PlayStation 4 Pro, but right. it's really decent, pretty well optimized on there. Yeah, they did a they did a good job with those versions. It seems like they almost made them for the Pro and the Xbox One X. Really? Um, yeah, because yeah, it, it runs pretty uh, disappointingly on the other systems, but that's fine. Um, okay. Um, so how, how about this? Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, it got delayed. I don't think we talked about that because we uh, didn't do a normal episode last week. October 26th, uh, yeah, that's fine, but... How about this battle royale first person mode sort of rumor thing happening? Oh, uh, really? Yeah. It, it, so first person mode, I think is yes, that's going to happen uh, because it's in GTA and it seemed like to do it, it seemed to do really well for that game. So I could see it working in that game in uh, Red Dead as well. Battle royale uh, that also seems kind of obvious because Rockstar was one of the first companies to experiment with a mode like that in GTA Online. Uh, they want. They want the Red Dead Online to be just as big, and this seems like a key to doing that. It makes sense. Yeah, I, I'm just, I, I don't know if the word is the right word because I'm sure it's obviously Red Dead Redemption Two single player is probably fine, but I am, I do have this like nagging feeling that so much emphasis is going to be on this, yeah, Red Dead Redemption Online thing. I, 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 you mm. just think about the stories though, where like GTA Five was coming out, and L- Leslie Benz, Benzies or whatever his name was, um, like the third person at Rockstar, like the number three guy, uh, he was the one that was like, I'm going to push this GTA Online thing. It'll be my baby. I'm going to get it working and, and set up. And the Housers didn't care about it. And then the game came out, and GTA Online was this huge thing. And then the Housers stepped in and like, are taking credit for it and pushed Benzies out. It's, it sounds like because of some jealousy about it, and they didn't pay him his, his bonus. And like that thing's still ongoing. Um, so it kind of makes me wonder, like, what is this mode going to look like? Do they, I mean, it sounds like they fully understand well, why GTA Online is successful and maybe they can yeah, replicate it, but who knows? That's maybe the weird can. thing about this is this is like the first one that they're actually making kind of really knowing what right. they can get from it. 
Right, yeah. So it is going to be interesting to see just just what it is and how all encompassing it is. Right, and they know that this is the thing that they need to like. If Red Dead Redemption story mode doesn't work, that might not matter. If Red Dead Redemption Online doesn't work, that's a problem. Uh, and that that's good. So yes, I I think I share your concern that there will be a focus paid to the latter as opposed to the former, and maybe. It's just- Maybe the people that like, I maybe I'll get into a Red Dead Redemption online. I know that I'll at least enjoy playing through most of a Red Dead Redemption story mode. That's I, I can never think of another game where me liking the previous one has been such a detriment to me being excited <laughs> about the sequel. Mm-hmm. Because I normally do not like Rockstar games. I'm not a big fan of like uh, Grand Theft Auto Online stuff in general, or just that kind of multiplayer setting for a game. What are you playing with your steering wheel? Yeah, I'm yourself? sorry. It's just right here. I don't want to untie yeah, right. it. Down, yeah, I just, so I have to. It's like I have all these reasons to like not be excited about Red Dead Redemption 2, where like I feel like it just can't be as good as the first one. It's going right. to have all this multiple. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we'll be surprised. We'll see. Yeah. But uh, it, it is still weird how little we've actually seen of that game, mm-hmm. also. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think that they, they fully know that you don't have to show a game a ton up in, at least uh, until like six months before release, and we're not quite there yet. We'll be there next month. I, I thought I, we were there. I'm, I'm sure E3. Will, well, I'm not sure. I think E3 will probably be a big time for it. Probably, maybe on the PlayStation stage or the Xbox stage. Uh, I'm sure, but we'll see. Um, okay, yeah, but uh, continuing with the Rockstar news, uh, GTA V uh, just just surpassed 90 million units, and it did 15 million of those units in 2017 alone. This is a game that came out in 2013, so... Is it the best-selling game ever yet, or not quite? No, not quite. I mean, I, I guess it depends on how you break some, that, break some of that stuff down. It's definitely the best-selling game, like, since it came out like i don't think yeah because i know sometimes some of those things are like attached to consoles back right bundled yeah and like i think if like you bring in minecraft minecraft's still quite minecraft, quite yeah. a bit ahead of it um but you know minecraft doesn't cost as much and it wasn't retail release at first so there's a bunch of weird things it's definitely one of the biggest hits ever easily uh, yes uh and it's it's staying power is just unimaginable the, the idea that it is selling 15 million copies in 2017 uh, GTA. I mean, you know, Star Wars Battlefront Two comes out and sells ten or you know nine million copies. You know what's weird too is like GTA Online. It's not even like a big streamer game, is it? You know, it's so it's not is like it? as big as some of the other ones, but it's like number five or six on Twitch. Most really? Of the time. Okay, never mind. I, it, what it, what it has is it has the people who watch it only watch Grand Theft Auto. And there's a lot of like role playing streams, so it's not like the kind of typical thing that you're thinking about, where where, where people are like, right. oh, they're just showing how good they are at GTA Online. No, they're going online and like they're pretending to be a cop, and they're like pulling people over, and it's all done for comedy and stuff. It's it's very interesting, but uh, that actually is one of the reason it, reasons it is still so popular, because of Twitch, for sure. Okay then. Um, Evo 2018. It's coming up pretty soon. This is the big fighting game tournament tournament in Las Vegas every year. It is probably the biggest one in the world. Um, they announced the eight game main roster of uh, of fighting games that people will be able to compete in at the event. Uh, there will be side games, but these are the main ones that have their own championships. Uh, it goes like this: Tekken Seven, Smash Four, Smash Melee, Street Fighter Five, the Arcade Edition, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle, Guilty Gear X Two. Uh, there's some other like subtitles in there. I can't remember. Injustice Two, Dragon Ball Fighters, but not Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. That's pretty soon for Marvel vs. Capcom to already not be amongst that list. So yeah, it sounds like what happened is Capcom just totally fucked this up. Uh, like like they they had a chance to kind of get it on there, 
and they didn't push for it. And the, the fan base, or it seems like the fan base was saying Capcom's not, not even supporting this game. So we're not going to go and vote for it with our money. It seems like a waste of our yeah, time. Yeah, it does kind of feel like Capcom almost just wants to move on from it, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, so it's a shame. Because I mean, just focusing on it's not, I mean, yes, it, it's, it's, it's not that bad. It's not that it's bad. It's not great. Right. It's not that bad. Right. It's, it's, it's fine. Right. It's, it's fun to play. I mean, especially competitively. I'm sure, you know, once you get a lot of the problems of it were kind of presentation things, anyways. So gameplay wise, sure, it's fine, but yeah, I'm sure Capcom just wants to focus on Street Fighter Five. It's weird that there's what only one Capcom game on there, three Arc System Works games. Yep. God, yeah, and it, yeah. it seems like Arc two S- Nintendo games. Or what, Arms wasn't one of them, was it? No, Arms is not. Oh, no. Yeah, so it's just no, two different but... versions of Smash. Yeah. Including Melee, which came out in freaking yeah. 2000. Yeah, Melee will always be there. It seems like it's it's got it's 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 gilded now. Um, it really is. Yeah, so I mean, you're right though. Like, it seems like Ark has found like the way to hit different tiers of fighting game fans with its like the the complexity, like it, you know, Blaze Blue and Guilty Gear X2 hitting the very like technical fighters, and then Dragon Ball Fighters hitting a much broader audience. Might be a similar audience that might have like been there for Marvel versus Capcom. Well, now they could just play Dragon Ball Fighters, and it's got this very enthusiastic like community. Fighters very easily takes that spot. Yes, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's no way this list happens this year without Dragon Ball fighters. Um, so pushing out Marvel versus Capcom infinite almost makes some sense. Uh, some people, some people were thought it was interesting that, uh, Square Enix couldn't get the city and T on there. Yeah, it's a, that game doesn't leave, it doesn't seem very good. And no. also, I don't think Capcom, I don't think Square Enix is very concerned about the competitive. Right, and then yeah, Square Enix would have to again be one of those companies that has to show up first to get the community to think, okay, it's worth investing my time and my money in this. Uh, and if they, if Square Enix doesn't do it first, then yeah, they those fans just won't show up for that. Um, okay, uh, final news item. Sources uh, are saying that Capcom has laid off staff and cuts the scope of the next Dead Rising game. So this is at uh, Capcom Vancouver, I think, the team that makes the Dead Rising games. Um, and I think they also canceled an unannounced title as well. Um, well, Dead Rising 4 seems like it came out with very little fans. Yeah, and, and they, 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 uh, yeah, it was not as good as Dead Rising 3, uh, for sure. Dead Rising 3 was a pretty decent Xbox One launch game. Dead Rising 4 just kind of came out and fizzled. Like, I think a lot of these weird Xbox One, at least timed exclusives, have done. Uh, but that one especially so. It would, it, and, it, you know, it wasn't as great as the other games, for sure. Uh, I, I think if they cut down that, if they cut down the scope and maybe really rethink that series, they could have something like a uh, the Dying Light games, or the Dying Light game, like the one game. That has been going for like three years straight with new content and has been selling just fine that entire time. Um, if they think about it on a scope like that, they could probably still make this series work. But as it I is, do think there, there needs to be some kind of reboot-ish thing there. I don't think you can make a Dead Rising 5 and get people excited about right. that. You have to do like, you know, the Monster Hunter World equivalent, right? Mm-hmm. Dead Rising World or whatever. So, something that, yeah. you have to show something that looks like an advancement and not just, you know, bringing back Frank West wasn't enough to get people excited. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. Okay, Mike, I think we can hop into the second segment now. Um. So, you know, we should probably get a list of games that came out in January, but uh, I, I, I there's three that I can think of that really matter. Yeah, I think that, I think you're right. So uh, why, why don't you start us off uh, while I bring up in case we miss anything else. But uh, what we're going to do here is I think we're just going to pick the best game of January and maybe pick like two runner up runner up. So it might work sure. very well for January. Well, that's, the, yeah, that's three I can think of for what Celeste, uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, 
and I knew I had three in my head. And I'm Monster thinking, Hunter World, Monster Hunter World. That's yeah, Monster Hunter World. Obviously, those are the three big ones. All right. All right. So, is there anything else you can really think of? All right. So you said Celeste, Dragon Ball Fighters, Monster Hunter World. Um. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much. I mean, Street Fighter Five Arcade Edition. No, mm. thank you. The Cydia was earlier this month. As it, yeah, the Cydia was January thirtieth. Did Shadow of the Colossus actually come out yet? Uh, that, that is a February game. That right? came out like two days ago. Yeah, it was like February uh, February, February sixth when that came out. Okay. So yeah, uh, not quite. We'll discuss that next month. Um. Yeah. So yeah, what are you thinking? Like, what like what jumps out to you at first? I mean, I think if we're if we're picking like a top three, easily it's those three games. I think we could throw away the rest of the, uh, the of the month. Uh, I I could go back and forth on some of these being the, the number one game of the month, though. Yeah, Celeste is the one that's been I've really been enjoying the most lately. Mm-hmm. I think that's just it's very uh, interesting. It's clever. It's pretty. Super fun to play. Uh, just in terms of like it's probably the the indie game I've enjoyed the most since Shovel Knight. Right. Yeah, it's, it, it does feel like uh, it has filled that place in my heart where it's like, okay, uh, maybe there will be another Shovel Knight. Probably not. No one else is going to be th- that good at it. You know, and Team, team Meat, you know, they made Super Meat Boy forever ago, uh, and nothing's really matched that either in terms of just quality, like 2D platforming and a, a retro style. And then this game comes along, and it's just, man, it just keeps getting better and better. It feels so good. The writing nails it. It's a really good story. Um, the music is excellent. It's just, it's really solid all around. And then at the same time though, I, I monster hunter world is an incredible achievement. It, it, it is. It's yeah. It's one of the most satisfying grind loops I've right. seen in an RPG in a while. Just always fun to go out there, do your thing, come back. And just like all the little flourishes, like the little cat animation, cooking the food, all these little moments like that. Yeah. It's just very well put together. Yeah. And again, there's not, there's nothing really quite like that. I mean, there's, there's, there are things, but it is interesting how Monster Hunter World is like the better multiplayer RPG thing on a console than like Destiny Two is, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how does that happen? Yeah, it, it, that's exactly the, the thing I keep thinking about. It's like this is the game that is going to definitely become the new Destiny, and in, in the way that people were playing it, playing Destiny, you know, all year long, and then the, the expansion would come out, and they'd get very excited about that, and play that, uh, and the, you know, there's a core group of people that were just looking up Destiny information online nonstop. Uh, and in droves, it's a huge group. Uh, and Destiny Two has definitely lost them. Uh, Activision ad- admitted as much in their uh, investor call yesterday, uh, following their earnings release. They're like, "Yeah, player engagement has really dropped off, and that's what we're worried about the most right now." Um, and it should be. yeah, they really should. And Monster Hunter World is right there to pick up the slack and to say, "Hey, no, we got you. We got a loop that works. We got a loop that might last a thousand hours. For some people, it's going to last multiple thousands of hours." Um, so yeah, the, the fact that, that, that Capcom made that work and they made it more palatable to someone like me, um, who was probably never going to get into the older versions of the game. Um, and they also really made, uh, they paid off the jump to PlayStation four and Xbox one. They made the game look like a modern release in a way that, that really serves the game well, especially when it comes to the animations of the monsters themselves. Um, how about Dragon Ball Fighters? I mean, Dragon Ball Fighters is great. It's probably the least impressive of three. I mean, the most impressive thing about it is that so shaded right. look of the game, which they did already actually do in Guilty Gear Zero. That just wasn't a licensed thing. It, it didn't get as much notice. 
Which is strange, because, like, it got so little notice that, like, I think this was the first time a lot of people even saw yeah, this. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, remember I, was, I remember I was playing Guilty Gear Zero, I was like, why are people talking about this? This looks incredible. Yes, that game was one of the best-looking games that came out that year. Uh, one of the best-looking yeah. games that ever came out up to that point. And then they just did the same thing with a, with a, a bunch of characters that people recognize, and it looks exactly like how they remember them. Uh, and that blew people away, understandably. It- and it is actually super fun to play, and it is. I do like that it is a bit more accessible than a lot of other Arc System games. I haven't really delved into story mode yet, so I can't it's, comment yeah, on that. You can yeah, take it or leave it. It's okay. It's not the worst thing. Um, I don't know. The story mode is. I, the story parts of the story mode are worth skipping over. I think it's kind of fun to like mm-hmm. get their tutorial in the story mode. That works pretty well. I think um, yeah. they do a good job. But I mean, yeah, I, I'm enjoying it a lot. But it's probably the lesser of these three. I think so. I think it's between Celeste and Monster Hunter. Yeah, um, I, I I do think personally I would go for Celeste. I I'm kind of, I would too. I think I'm madly in love with this game. Like I think that's yeah, the best it's super, way to yeah, it's, it's so. It's good. definitely the one. It's definitely the game that I can most easily imagine being on my top ten still. For game. sure, exactly. Like I I uh, Monster Hunter World will have to continue to bring me back in. Like and just by the nature of the way it's built, like I I could spend all the time in the world with it right now. And then in a couple months, if I'm if I'm not like oh that I'm still not going back to Monster Hunter, what's wrong with that game? Even if I had stopped playing Celeste forever ago, because Celeste is much supposed to be a contained experience. Monster Hunter is supposed to be this game where you can come back forever and ever. Uh, and it, maybe it's unfair to hold against it if I'm having a really good time now. But I, I'm gonna want to see how that plays out and how uh, any additional content comes in and builds out that game and keeps it interesting and fresh. Uh, so yeah, I agree. Like it's gonna, we'll see if that game ends up in my top 10 Celeste almost certainly will be. Uh, so yeah, I'm comfortable calling it for Celeste for, uh, January's game of the month. Sounds good to me. Yeah. And I, you know, maybe we could just go ahead and rank the other two. So it's just, yeah, number two would be monster hunter world and number three, dragon ball fighters. And then number four, then all the other shit, other all the, all the rest <laughs> of the garbage. No, no, there's some other good games. I'm sure. Um, yeah, uh, we'll come back with February in like maybe like three or four weeks. Um, what, what, what's, what's to look forward to? We got a, uh, I guess Shadow of the Colossus for sure. We already has Shadow, uh, um, Civ Six, Rise and Fall. That Kino come Deliverance with some people. Yeah, that's looking I pretty hot. I just got it installed, so I'm just actually going to finally give it a shot. Yeah. Um, oh, dude, Metal Gear Survive on the twentieth. Oh really? That's coming out this month. Holy, oh. holy moly! I can't believe that's actually happening. <laughs> Yo, it's happening. I wish Bayonetta three was coming out, but one and two collection, that's fine. Um a lot, lot of uh, a lot of ports to the Switch. A lot of those. Mm-hmm. A lot of expansions for to strategy games. Stellaris is getting apocalypse on the PC. Um but yeah, we'll see. So yeah, it might be it might come down to Metal Gear and Kingdom Come and uh Shadow of the Colossus. We'll see. Shadow of the Colossus is still pretty good. All right, Mike, let's wrap this up. Uh, thanks for showing up this week. I'm sorry you missed 69. It broke my heart. Yeah. Maybe we could just start counting over again. We'll, this could be episode one there again. We'll go. just go back up and we'll, we'll make it happen again. 70 episodes, though. It's, it's a pretty long time. Pretty good. Yep, absolutely. Not bad. All right. Uh, we're wrapping this up, Mike. Tell everybody where they could find you on the internet. Oh, I'm always writing at gamesbeats.com. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at. It's so hard to do this when you're pretending to drive <laughs> with your stream. I'm you can follow me on the, the Gamesbeat Decides bus. Yeah. Hey, we're going to Podcast Town. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Tolkoto on Twitter, and I'm always doing the Exploding Barrel podcast with my brother at ebpodcast.com. You guys going to talk about your trip? Probably, yeah. Look forward to it. Uh, I am Jeff Grubb on Twitter. Uh, I'm also on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Jeff Grubb. I was playing 
with this steering wheel on there last night. I'm playing Spin Tires right now, the game I didn't really talk about that I was thinking about maybe talking about. That game's still very, very, very good to me. I, it's just, oh, so now you're just going to talk about I know. It. I'm, I'm just, I want to like, I, I just keep thinking about it. It's just like you just drive trucks through mud and you get stuck and you have to get them out with like winches and stuff and other trucks and deliver loads of logs and it's completely Eastern European and aesthetic. It's very good. Uh, I'm playing that right now on Twitch.tv. I think that's going to be my main thing, especially with the steering wheel because it works really well with that game. Um, so show up there. Uh, I also have some videos going up on youtube.com slash Jeffrey Grubb. That's where I put up uh, sort of a breakdown of the, the system settings and stuff for the Super NT. Um, uh, you kind of get a really good look at the stuff there uh, and just how good the games look when you capture them off the device, which is very good. Uh, probably the best looking versions of those games. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to do it. Mike, we'll be back next week. Uh, until then, I think we should just say goodbye to all these people and let them get on with their lives. Goodbye to all these people. Let them get on with their lives. Go live your lives, people. Leave us and come back next week. Yeah, go. It's weekend. Bye. Need more beer. <laughs>